get arrested, processed, and released. Um, White privilege at its finest. <laughs> That talks about everything from professional wrestling to the mist. And have you seen how crazy for like the last four days the mist has been in New York City? I mean, I only saw it when I got to work on Wednesday. I didn't see any yesterday. And I was home all day today. So since Monday, there's been crazy mist in like three o'clock, four o'clock in the afternoon. So on top of the crap sandwich that 2020 has dished out to us the world may be ending via <laughs> the mist with uh thomas jane right remember that movie yes 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 His family all right yeah. sh- no spoilers bro okay so we don't know who spoilers. has or hasn't seen the movie out there instead of spoilers what i can do for you guys is give you our platforms, which is soundcloud.com slash grapples to apples. That's grapples, the number two apples. If you don't like SoundCloud, we're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Google Play Music. We are also on iHeartRadio. doesn't okay. matter where you listen as long as you're listening. As you shall. I am one of your hosts, the very sensual, the very doid. Mr. Sunglasses at Night himself, your boy, the general, the husband to the first ever Grapples to Apples champion. The general. Shades. The general is a little nickname that um, Amanda's co-worker gave up. Gave, you know, he gave me uh, when I would go pick up, he goes, general, and he would salute me. And I don't know why he would call me the general until I noticed when I walk, Some most of the time I walk with my hands behind my back like I'm a general for some reason didn't notice until I was walking to Jordan's lobster house in Long Island to get some crab legs. But enough about me. What about my sexy, sexy partner? <laughs> Ill will the thrill the poet, Terry Shakespeare and candidate major English, whatever you need me to be. That's what I because baby. That's who I is. Mr. Thrill. Yes, sir. A lot has happened in this week. Yeah, man. A lot had literally right when we got off the air, some heartbreaking news in Japan, uh, some signings, some major signings, uh, some extensions, some, I don't know what to call AEW on Wednesday, but some <laughs> of that, can't get into any of that unless we ring that bell. So first things first, uh, we do have to talk about the heartbreaking news that broke uh, basically Saturday morning, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Japanese wrestler Hanakamura has passed away. It appears to be, as far as I'm, I'm, as far as I know, it was not officially confirmed, but I'm sure at this point um, it's pretty much known that she died via suicide after suffering some severe cyberbullying. Um, for those of you who don't know, Hanakamura has been wrestling in the Japanese scene for pretty much her entire life. She started training when I believe she was like nine years old, which is insane. 
uh, her mother, if I'm not mistaken, was a Japanese wrestler also. So she's been in the industry her entire life. Um, she was recently part of some show, a reality show. Uh, I had it pulled up a second ago. Give me a second. And uh, Terrace House. It was on, it was, yeah, it was on Netflix or something. Yeah. Like that. Uh, she was part of the, of the show called Terrace House. And um, apparently there was an incident that occurred on the show where one of the other members of the house washed her ring gear and effectively ruined her ring gear. So she got upset. There was an altercation. And that led to a just flooding of cyberbullying uh, via social media, a lot of racial cyberbullying, so on and so forth. Um, it's, it's heartbreaking to see someone so young um, she was only 22 lose their life L- lose their life because there are a-holes out there and and you know you're gonna get the heartless people out there that's gonna say oh it's cyberbullying just just get off social media or it's cyberbullying just turn off your phone or turn off your computer or turn off this turn off that it's, that's never just the case right you know? 100 percent I mean uh, I, I don't, I don't understand. Like in this day and age, why can't like, I, I, I why can't, why is being a a normal, polite, caring human being so hard to do now? Because it's it's easier to because you can hide now. There's no accountability. When before the internet, before social media, if you walked around and said some something disrespectful, you said some slick stuff to somebody, odds are you're going to be held accountable with your face. But when you're hundreds of miles away from somebody, behind a computer screen, under a, a name, then and like the odds of you running into this person in real life are slim to none, you feel invincible. You feel like you can say and do whatever you want. And like there's a so I found myself as as someone who, you know, people our age, shades, we grew up like as the internet was booming. You know, when I remember getting my first computer when I was like ten and the internet as a popular mainstream thing was still in its infancy. So I I I came to to realize that there's a level of confidence that you can obtain behind a screen that's a lot easier than in person. Like I remember, you know, to veer a little bit off course, uh, it'd be a lot easier for me to talk to girls via text messages or on social media or like whatever, in Messenger or in the DM or something like that because of that, you know, not having to see the person's face, they don't have to see your face, and for whatever that was, creates a certain level of confidence. And on the back side, on the negative side, it does the same for being a vile human being, where because you're not face to face, you feel 100% like invincible and confident enough to be completely disrespectful and hurtful. I mean, when we grew up, there was always sticks and stones may break my bones. No, like that's that's not that's not real. What's real is people have ears and brains and hearts and feelings, feelings. and 
and, and that's what I'm saying. And feelings and emotions and, you know, it's all real. As someone who has been on both sides of bullying, I'm not proud to say that I've been on the bullying side, but I have. As someone who's been on both sides of bullying, I can tell you that it sucks and it's hurtful. And when I was a part of it, it was face-to-face bullying. I can't imagine being someone who, like Hanakamura, is in the public eye and is facing a barrage of cyberbullying and what that could do to somebody. You know, especially if you're someone who, you know, is a naturally sensitive person. Not that you have to be because this stuff can break you down. You know, I'm sure the most strong person, if they get, quote unquote, emotionally strong person, if they're getting berated left, right and center, at some point you break. So, like, it's just it's it's horrible that a this has happened to such a young gifted talented person it's it's horrible that it happened to anybody and it's a travesty that this is almost the new norm we see this all the time in my so i'm for those of you who don't know i'm in the process of 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 being of trying to become a uh, high school teacher and part of the training is dealing with this and like I'll never forget the day that I walked into my building as part of my student teaching practice and the the school was like, okay, so all day we're running these workshops about bullying and cyberbullying. And that's what we did all day. Every class that came in, we ran workshops on cyberbullying. And like, that's the world we live in now. And it's horrific. It's. It, I don't even. I don't even know what other words to use. And I'm sorry, Shades. I know I'm. I'm, I'm going on, and I apologize. Um, I do want to let you get. Don't, a, I, don't do not do not apologize for that. So sometimes you know, these things need to be spoken about. And yeah, you know, uh, we apologize to to the listeners because you know sometimes you guys don't come here for the seriousness, and you guys want us to joke around and be funny and, and you know tell jokes and talk about wrestling. But but people like now. We're trying to pull back the curtain a little bit, you know, like we have both been on the sides, now both sides. I mean, me less of being bullied, you know, because I'm a badass. <laughs> Let's face it. But, you know, I've done bullying and I I know how to beat somebody down and it's horrible, you know. I mean, I'm not proud of it, but like. I sit here and I think about like, man, what if this was happening happening to me every day? You know, mm-hmm. like you can't take it. You know, it's it, your your whole life, especially she's twenty two years old. Her, her entire life is is the internet. Like she grew up internet. Yeah. Like yeah. That's it. So to 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 cut something out of your life that essentially people are addicted to. Mm-hmm. It's it's difficult. Uh, it's unfortunate that a, a young, beautiful, uh, up-and-coming wrestler, the female wrestler at that, because we don't have many of them, lost her life because some ne'er-do-wells and some idiots out there felt the need to bully her. It's horrifying. It's just it's ridiculous. It's... I don't know. Um, obviously... You know, our our hearts and our love go out to those closest to Hanukkah Um The wrestling industry has obviously shown their love and support. 
I'm I was so happy to see that on on this week's episode of SmackDown, Sasha Banks was wearing an armband in tribute to Hanukkah Mora. Um, AEW put a tribute to Hanukkah Mora, so you know impacted a tribute to Chad Gaspard and Hanukkah Mora. Right, right. Um, so it's it's horrifying. I'm if even one person can learn from this, if if we can find a way somewhere down the line to, to rid ourselves of this horrible behavior, that'd be amazing. But until then, you know, rest in peace to Hanukkah Mura. You know, it's it sucks that you had to do this to find any sort of a semblance of peace. So, you know, it sucks. Let's, let's, let's go on to a little bit more of a lighter note. Whew, if we can. Um, sorry, just. Um... You want me to take over for you, man? Okay. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Point, bro. Sure? Um, yeah, yeah. Right. So, um, moving forward, we have some wrestlers who uh, have themselves some some new homes or or staying home rather. First off. A wrestler with a lot of promise and potential moving up in the world kind of made himself more lo- more known to the wrestling world in the last few years. Seemed, you know, inevitable that his contract was over and people were, were wondering where he was going to go, especially with his ties to certain people. Who am I talking about? Flip, flip, flip. Flip Gordon. Looks like Flip has signed himself a multi-year contract extension with Ring of Honor. Now, I personally... Am, am questioning of this move on Flip's part, but if this is what makes the most sense for him and his, I think, now wife, if I'm not mistaken, um, you know, if that's what makes the most sense for them, then do you, boo-boo. I mean, stick with what you know, you know? Yeah. Yeah, you're not, you're not getting, you go to WWE, you're not getting a multi-million oh, dollar no. deal, you know? He also would get buried in the. He would. Oh my god, he'd get buried so hard in in uh, WWE. Yeah, because the cruiserweight division doesn't exist. Just because there's a tournament going on for it doesn't mean that they actually care about it. They just exactly. Need a filler. Uh, Flip signing with a Ring of Honor. It's two things. One, good on Flip. Mm-hmm. He's betting on himself still. Yep. Um, sticking with you know he's he's very close with Marty. Yep. And stay with Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor, good for them because there's there's nothing but up. There's nothing but an upside for Flip Gordon. Sure. Yeah, he's had a couple injuries, but I, I'm not a fan of his work, but the kid can go. Mm-hmm. A kid, he's a grown man, but yeah. you know, he can go. In the industry, he's still pretty young. Yeah. But um, I'm, I'm definitely... I mean, I'm still not going to really stick to Ring of Honor because their their product doesn't interest me as much. But. Right. And and that was my concern with Flip uh, signing an extension was seeing the trajectory of all of the promotions right now. I feel like Flip could have maybe done better for himself in either New Japan or in AEW. Or, yeah, I don't, I'm not sure if he'd be a good fit for Impact right now unless they're going to hand him the X Division. Um, but say again, I was like, who is the, uh, the, the exhibition champion? I mean, I feel like, uh, I, I don't know any other champion except, uh, uh, 
Tessa? Tessa Blanchard, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, he's um. Uh, what was I gonna say? I mean, yeah, you have um. Tessa is their their world champion. Um, Jordan Grace is their knockouts champion, if I'm not mistaken, still so. Um, Willie Mack is their X division oh. champion. Yes, I was just about to say that. And I forget who are the tag champions. The North could be. I'm, I'm oh man, sure I guess. Yeah, I haven't. I, have I, no I fell off of Impact. I'm not gonna lie. Um, but yeah, so you know, ring. Um, I guess. Look, like, I guess maybe Flip feels he's still early enough in his career, and he has a home right now with Ring of Honor. If he continues to build. Oh, I don't even watch. Impact, and I got it. Ethan uh, Page and Josh Alexander, the North. the North. There you go. That was the one. That was the one. Like champions, I couldn't remember. Yeah, their belts are a pug. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, they're better than their Global Force Wrestling Championships when they were GFW. It was a hey. mess. Oh, I got. I got to plan for next week. We'll discuss this off air. Continue. Okay. Um, what was I saying? Yeah, so maybe his his thought process is let me um, continue to build my name here in Ring of Honor, raise my stock a little more, and then see what's out there in a few years. Because let's face it, Flip in Ring of Honor isn't even a headlining top act. He's like, now that he's part of Villain Enterprises and he's turned heel, he's getting himself higher in the card, but he's been a mid-carder until now. His biggest his, feud his was with Bully Ray. I was just about to say the biggest match of his career was against Bully Ray. Right. That feud was the, the top of, of his career up until now. So maybe he figures, let me develop some more. Let me raise my stock some more and then reevaluate the market in a few years. And if that's the case, then okay. Do you, boo-boo. Yeah. And then last signing, this one, this one, this one hits me. Diana Parazzo. Signed to Impact Wrestling. The Virtuosa is with Impact Wrestling, and it makes all the sense in the world. Um, duh. I I mean, for her sake, this is just, like you said, duh. But man, I was really hoping AEW made a play for her, because she could do so much for their women's division. Yes, but... Uh, and this is like people have been killing AEW for this. Like, hey, you should have signed Deanna Parazzo. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But Kenny, Kenny was like, hey, we're we're happy with what our what we have in our women's division right now. You know, like if we got to bolster, we bolster it. But um, them signing Deanna wouldn't do anything for their division, except stop the progression of younger talent. I guess. I mean, but let, let's be real. Deanna's not exactly, you know, a 40-year vet, you know? Yeah, she, yeah, she's got things to work on herself. Exactly. But. She's still a young talent. She's still someone who can progress and become a, a big part of any woman's division. You know, you you bunch her with Brit B. Um, uh Oh, thank you. I couldn't, bro. I couldn't remember her name. I'm sorry. I wanted. To, I kept wanting to say Emi Sakura, and I'm like, no, wrong wrestler, wrong wrestler, wrong wrestler. Um, Ushida 
with Nyla Rose, and you could have like a great core right there. And like I get it, I get what Kendi's saying, but like Statlander still hasn't hit. Shauna is, you know, her her, her visa her, issues her little, are her little alien boop thing is starting to get over a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. But how far is that going to take her? You know, their their women's division is struggling. Let's be real; it's it's been the weakest part of the promotion. You're not wrong there. And to me, and and I'm sure there's other parts to this. You know, I'm sure it's not as simple as, hey, Deanna, want a job? You know, I'm sure there's other parts to this. But, man, I feel like it's such a missed opportunity to not be able to land Deanna Parazzo when, str- when your division is struggling so mightily and Impact's knockouts division is knocking it out of the park. Arguably the best women's division in professional wrestling. Arguably. 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 Now, interesting you say that because the issue, I think, what makes it such an arguable, or what makes it such an argument is that WWE has the most depth, but because they're splintered off into four different shows and because the creative is such junk over there. There's three different shows. SmackDown, it, Raw, Raw NXT, NXT, NXT UK. Uh, you better cares about NXT UK. You, you better you better watch with your mouth about what you say about Tony Storm. Okay, okay. So let's 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 do that. Let's WWE's four women's divisions, right? Mm-hmm. You got AEW's division, no women's division. You have Impact's women's division. You have Women of Honor. <laughs> <laughs> and you wanted to struggle with NXT UK? Come on, come on, come on, son. Come on, son. I'm, I'm, I'm only bringing up Women of Honor because you brought up UK. That's it. <laughs> but if I could steal a line from Lance Storm, if I can be serious for a minute. <laughs> okay. Let's. This is my ranking for the women's division. Obviously the first one that I name is the best one. The last one I name first, first to, to worse, I guess. Okay. My opinion. Impact. Best women's division. Okay. Followed, followed by NXT. Okay. Followed by SmackDown. Okay. Followed by, followed by raw. Then AEW. Then NXT UK, then Women of Honor. Hmm. Thoughts? Okay. Because I'm taking the whole grand scheme of things, everything, everything in, into consideration, and that's how I came up with my list. Okay. So I'm trying to get a quick glance over at NXT UK's women's division just to make sure I know who's there. And how do you let Deanna Parazzo go when this is all you have? Knock, knock. Who's there? Nobody's there. Oh, man. It's, it's literally Tony Storm, Piper Niven, and... Uh, Kaylee Ray. What's Kaylee Ray. That's it. 
That's it. Isla Dawn, meh. Ginny, meh. Um, Nina Samuels, meh. Zaya Brookside, way too green still. Man. Uh, was it Candy Crush or whatever the hell that girl's name was? I don't know, man. But oh. Candy Floss. Candy Floss. Well, she's not on their roster. Oof. NXT yeah. has, let's see, Aaliyah, Candice LeRae, Chelsea Green, Dakota Kai, Io Shirai, Jessamyn Duke, Casey Catanzaro, Caden Carter, Mia Yim, Rima Shafir, Mercedes Martinez, Raquel Gonzalez, Rhea Ripley, Scarlett, Shotzi Blackheart, Tegan Knox. Man, NXT's women's roster is stacked. That's stacked. They have a lot of a lot of depth there. Yeah, just not yeah. stacked. You're that's fair. They have a lot of depth. They have a lot of they have a lot of good, strong young talent in that pool. I mean, just, not to mention Charlotte, no, who's their current champion, who's a Raw superstar. Current champion. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's see. So. With that being said, I'll go. I'll agree with you on knockouts. I'll say knockouts. I'll go knockouts. NXT, SmackDown, Raw, NXT UK slash AEW. And then women mm-hmm. of honor. It's got to be one or the other. It's got to be one they're, or the other. they're like one and one a in terms of mediocrity. I mean, there's more upside in, in AEW than uh, NXT UK. NXT UK don't has Tony your, Storm. And that's I was like, don't let your your love for Tony Storm mind <laughs> your dark Anakin. <laughs> you underestimate her power. <laughs> Bounds to the cheeks. <laughs> I hate you. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, and I mean, yeah, I think it's a pretty clear cut that the Impact Knockouts division, which is funny because maybe was it like two years ago they were kind of scratching and clawing trying to figure out their division, and just like that, they got it back up and running to like oh, top rebels again. They had to recoup. I mean, they lost a lot of women yeah. to, to different companies. But, I mean, when WWE was doing their Divas uh, de-evolution over there, yeah. the Knockouts division was killing it. Oh, for sure. The knockouts division was the best from, I would say, maybe... For about a decade, they were the best women's division on the planet. 2005 to about 20... 15 2016 yeah there there were the best division in the world in my opinion yeah and then nxt came out and just blew our socks off yeah and then they went to the main roster and but it's funny how impact and nxt find ways to recover and recoup after losing talent you know nxt loses their talent to run smackdown and then before you know it, we have an Io Shirai and Candice LeRae and Rhea Ripley. And it's like every time they lose a crop, we go, oh, no, the division's over. And then like well, the four horsewomen all graduated and we're all like, 
what are they going to do now? And enter Asuka, enter Ember Moon, you know, enter Shayna Baszler. And it's like, oh, okay. And then they all left, what are we going to do now? And like, they just, they keep rebuilding and rebuilding and rebuilding. And Impact is doing the same thing now. Yeah. You know, even their top woman who would have been a knockout is the world champion. That's how their division is the best. <laughs> that's what that's what I'm saying. It's wild. So wow, yeah, this is stats. We're talking about stats here, man. Statistics. If, if, if your top woman has the top male belt, you're doing something right. They, they gotta be a little strong. A little, a little bit got got that muscles. So thrill. Yes, sir. We basically agreed on our ranking for the women's division. Yes. Can I can I bring you over to Monday Night Raw real quick? Just make a quick pit stop before our Wednesday uh, our Wednesday trip. Well, you're not going to talk about Nigel McGuinness? Oh, I was going to group that into Raw. Oh, okay, fine. Um, so we knew that the WWE made their cuts and their furloughs. Black what Wednesday. We to mention. What we failed to mention was, or was this just released? I'm not. I don't, I'm not even the, sure. The, the information just hit this week that Nigel McGuinness was furloughed along uh, with you know Billy Kidman and the lot of them that were bounced. Yeah, that's the only polite way to say it. Um, thrills, not too thrilled about this. No, I mean Nigel McGuinness is first of all from his career in Ring of Honor as a wrestler, and then moving into commentary. Because of his knowledge and love for the industry, he was a fantastic commentator and analyst at the table. I loved his work because he really gave him that wrestler's insight. And similar, for, similar to what they're doing on, on Raw with Samoa Joe. Exactly. Exactly. And to have him get furloughed, it's like, why? To keep – no offense, I mean – Look, Beth Phoenix is is fine, I guess, but she's you're, not. She's you're, right. you're telling me that she's better than Nigel McGuinness? No, but Edge is back, so they got to keep Beth Phoenix. Oh man, that's and then the work that he was doing with Aiden English on Two Hundred Five Live was great. Like I don't know, man. I whatever. I if I if I think about all the times that WWE has dropped the ball on talent, I'd I'd lose my mind. Well, there's talks about not only us, like being being that Nigel McGuinness is gone, and I don't know if they're bringing back Jerry the King Waller. Uh, Samoa Joe's taking his spot on Raw. Yeah, which is which is awesome because it's Jerry bittersweet in my opinion. Is, no, it's not. I mean, Joe can still wrestle. Don't get me wrong. That's you know? that's what I'm saying is bittersweet because now we we don't get to see Joe in the ring anymore, and I think Joe had a lot to accomplish. In WWE, that he never had a chance to. I mean, he can still wrestle. You know, it's it's not like he's going to be tied to being on commentary all uh, every night. They'll have um, Byron and um, Tom Phillips. Yeah, and that that could work. <laughs> Byron can't work. No, but uh, you have <laughs> the idiot, which is Byron, and <laughs> and Tom, who's your play-by-play guy. At least he's not Otunga. The only thing is you're missing is like your heel. That's it. Yeah. But that's easily fixable if you have like a heel that's feuding with somebody. 
sit at the booth. It's it's it definitely fixes. Yeah. Now speaking of the Monday Night Raw commentators, the major news to come out of Monday Night Raw is Apollo Cruz winning his first championship in WWE, taking the United States Championship from Andrade. Now, for those of you who are not following Monday Night Raw, and I can't blame you, <laughs> Apollo Cruz has been given a light push. Yeah, yeah. A nudge. He's getting better. He's getting better on the mic. Yes. His in-ring work has always been there. Yeah. Now it's time. Tie everything together, boy. So... I want to make a little, just a small adjustment to to your analysis of his. I don't think his in work, his in ring work is there. I think his athleticism is there. I think he has all the physical tools in the in the world, but in terms of like in ring work, like can he put on a good match? Can he tell a story in a match? That's yet to be seen because he's young. Yeah. But in terms of athletic ability, in terms of being able to execute the moves, the one, the two, the three, the four, fantastic. All all the physical abilities in the world. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like you said, he's been getting more confident on the mic. Put a belt on him, see what he does. Hey, it's either right now, it's either you sink or swim. 100%. He's treading water right now, which is good. So... He has to. He has to find his character. He needs. They need to set him up with his next feud or his first whatever feud he's going to go into with his title has to be with someone who's going to work off of him, and he needs to find his character. Apollo Cruz needs to find out who Apollo Cruz is now, or he's going to hit the back of that line super hard. Um, I don't know why, but. For some reason, I'm really getting a um, drop the cruise thing and just be Apollo. They they did that already for a little bit. They brought back the cruise. Yeah, but I'm saying it's like just go back to just being Apollo. Yeah. Don't know why, but, but for me, I was like Apollo Cruise just seems like a baby face name, you know? I mean, he's a face. Yeah, but he's like he needs to. I I feel like he'll benefit from being a heel. But that's such an I, easy I fix. Like that that's no, always the answer. It's that's really... always the answer is oh, just make him a heel. Like because he can get comfortable on the mic being a heel. The only thing is like there's no crowd to run down. Yeah. So it's uh, it may be a little bit difficult especially cuz he's pretty green on the mic still. But, I think he um, needs to take a more serious approach to his character work. I think he needs to Dial back, which he's been doing. Dial back the smiling and the oh, thanks, Charlie. Like dial that back, and be more intense, more in your face, more serious. You know, I'm not saying he has to emulate Stone Cold or or some other like you know tough guy character, but take your your character more seriously, not just smiling baby face who's happy to be here. I mean, 
we've been saying this for I would say not months, but at least you know a year. Apollo would definitely benefit from like just stop smiling and mm-hmm. like be a little bit more serious. Get his his in ring work. Let let like tie everything together. Yep, and he's a solid mid Carter. I agree. But I mean, it, it's all on WWE to figure out what they're going to do with that. Mm-hmm. He needs to figure out what kind of professional wrestler he wants to be. You know? Yeah. Absolutely. So now, can can we mosey on over to the Wednesdays, the best the, the best day of the, the week? Keep it moving. Far. Keep it moving. Keep it moving. Now, there's not much that I want to discuss. On Impact, not excuse me, Impact. Ugh. On AEW's <laughs> disrespectful. <laughs> I felt like Tony Schiavone when Mick Foley won the belt. It's like that's gonna put butts in the seat. Yuck! Hey, it did. It did it won them the Monday Night Wars? Amen, brother. Anyway, as you were saying about Dynamite, the Wednesday Night Wars. The Wednesday Night Wars. There's only two things I want to really go over. Dynamite. The Bucks and the Butcher and the Blade. Okay. The Butcher is the guy from the band, right? Yes, that would be the Butcher. Growing his hair back out again. Yes. So right now, everyone's growing their hair out because there are no barbers. Except us. Hey. We were we were ahead of the curve. Exactly right. Exactly. <laughs> the butcher's growing his hair back out, <clears throat> and it's kind of sad because he's bald. Oh, give it up, buddy. Anyway, oh. <laughs> so the butcher and the blade are throwing a beat down to the bucks of youth, mm-hmm. and a car pulls up. Well, you, you, stadium. don't you want to like set up the whole thing? Yeah, you don't really need to. It's it's just a spicy meat the ball that happens afterwards. Okay, I mean, they did fool everyone in thinking that private party was legitimately hurt when it was the workingest work that's ever been worked. Okay, so please discuss it, oh, uh, anointed one. <laughs> So Dynamite kicks off the show with a six-man tag match of the Young Bucks and Matt Hardy, who's wearing, like, purple tights and kick pads for the first time since, like, 1995, um, versus Private Party and uh, who was their partner? Kip Sabian? I don't remember. Anyway. I um, anyway, so they're having their match, and it appears that midway through the match, um, Mark Quinn injures his leg, and so after the match is over, Matt Hardy and Cassidy go over, they help Quinn up, they're escorting him to the back, they're making this whole thing, oh man, he's so hurt, look at Matt Hardy's amazing sportsmanship, blah, 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 but all that does is set it up. So that the Young Bucks are alone in the ring when the Butcher and Blade jump into the ring to attack them because of an Aaron super kick that happened during the match. So they're getting jumped by the, the Young Bucks are getting jumped by the Butcher and the Blade. 
when. Oh, you can continue. No, come on. I, I just wanted to set it up for you. No, it's. We didn't need so much exposition, in my oh opinion. My but you know God. what? Screw it, right? Oh, Why not? my God. So a car pulls up, and people are like, could it be? It is. And then it, they pan over to Roman Reigns' confused face. <laughs> Not quite. Not quite. Car pulls up, and who gets out but Dax, Dax Wheeler and Cash... It's Cash and Dax, right? That's, that's what they're going by now? Bro, I can't remember. I, don't, I know it's Cash Wheeler or Dax Shepard or something like that. Dax Shepard's not. Mm-hmm. Cash it's, Wheeler it's, and Dax Harwood. That's the name. I knew you were going to get me back. I got you, homie. Formerly known as Dash Wilder and Scott Dawson, The Revival... Now they are F T R. They come out and they essentially save the Bucks from a beating from uh, the Butcher and the Blade. They hit, which I'm still hoping they call the Shatter Machine because that name is so beast. It's a beautiful name, but they probably don't have the rights to it. Probably don't. They hit their. Um, Five oh, was it? Uh, five below version of the Shatter Machine, mm-hmm. and the Bucks get up and walk towards like uh, uh, FTR to like I guess well maybe say thank you or shake their hands, and they just dip. They leave the ring. Now this upsets me a little bit. Really? Please do tell. Um. So a couple of weeks ago, uh, FTR was on the Chris Jericho podcast, and they're like, "We don't really need to sign to one place, you know, specifically. You know, we there there's there's guys in Japan that we want to wrestle, like the GOD and, and in ROH, the Briscoes, and in Impact, it's the North and the Bucks, of course, blah blah blah. And then you just straight up sign with uh, AEW." Now we get none of those matches. But do we know if it's an exclusive deal? Most of AEW's deals are pretty exclusive, as, mm. except for Moxley and, and Jericho going to Japan. Right. So, And then a lot of their other wrestlers have been allowed. They, they in their contracts, allowed wrestlers, like undercard guys, to work independence if they're not on TV. Mm-hmm. So... There is wiggle room in their contracts. And as far as I know, considering that the Revival said they want to do all these things, I don't see why Tony Khan couldn't say, sure, we can sign you non-exclusive and then just, you know, let them work. Or maybe it's like, hey, we're the only game in town right now. Do whatever you want and just do this right now. Okay. I mean... Yeah, sure, fine, whatever. But if it isn't, you know, a if it isn't a non-exclusive contract, then we're missing out on some bomb matches. I agree. 
I agree. I when I saw them appear on Dynamite, my first thought also was not even joking. I swear, my first thought was, "Oh man," because of that realization of I don't want them here yet. I want them to go have all of those matches around the world and then come and play with the Young Bucks. But if you have to wait for those guys, but you don't have to wait for the Bucks, why not get the Bucks out of the way now? Because that that, that, that that was your main event. You know, that's not your penultimate. That's not your, your curtain jerker. That's your that's your closer. True, but you don't know. like It's, it, it's the World Series. You're 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 bringing in Mariano Rivera. You're not bringing in Euros Familia. But oh man, you ain't got to go there. But what I'm saying is that if you don't know what tomorrow brings, why put off for tomorrow what you can do today? I guess that's a, that, that's something I don't agree, but I guess that you can you can push that narrative. Especially with what's going on right now in professional wrestling. We're not talking about a a league like the MLB where it's all 30 teams. You're playing at the same time and you're, you know, you're building up to whatever you're building up to. This is a sport that is splintered off into different promotions. And every promotion that you plan to go work for is on hiatus right now, except for one sit at home and just wait because that's the plan or go make money, work the match you were planning to work anyway, and just do it now. Hmm. I mean, if you can make money, make money, man. I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna stop the bag from coming in. You know? Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, so I'm, I, I'm interested, and I'm. I hope it's not exclusive. First and foremost, I really do hope it's not exclusive. And then on top of that, I like the angle they're going so far. They're not showing them to be neither heel, heel nor face they they bailed out the bucks but that was just hey we're here we cleared them out for you but we're here we know you're here you know we're here that's all you need to know you know so we uh ftr is it an acronym for an actual name because i know they were talking about fear the revolt yeah that was that was the the word before they went on AEW before when they were just you know a big question mark it was supposedly the revolt fear the revolt fear the revolt but considering that they specifically refer to them as FTR a million times I don't know I don't know what they're, maybe they still don't know what they're doing maybe Tony Khan doesn't like fear the revolt maybe I don't know I mean they have shirts out on prowrestlingtees.com AEW.com. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, F word, the rest. Right. But I don't think that's their name. I think it's just. So I think, what they, yeah, I think what they might be doing, which wouldn't be a bad idea, is while they're working for AEW, just go as FTR and then it could mean anything for you if you want. You know, then you could print T-shirts with any three words, FTR, their faces on it and you call it a day. And then when they work whatever other companies, promotions, whatever, then they could be Fear the Revolt, whatever you want. Yeah. And I think it's then like, it's like double dipping in the cash, you know? Yeah. Um, so moving on throughout the night, um, 
I want to bring up something that continuously to, con- continues to bother me. Ooh, ooh, are we on the same page? Let's see. Let's see. Go ahead. Cody is in the ring with Tony Giovanni. Mm-hmm. And he's carrying the belt and he's talking about how um like how he 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 loves Tom Brady and all this other stuff. And I'm like, all right, cool. You know, your your boss is the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, you know, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But whatever, cool. Um, he's like, you know why um uh Tom Brady and I are similar? Says because we weren't the first pick. We weren't everyone's first pick. He's just going on about how he's he's not welcome in Boston anymore. He's definitely not uh, welcome in Connecticut. Obviously, you know, <sighs> taking taking a little jab at uh, Vince McMahon and the WWE, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm just sick of it. I'm mm-hmm. I'm sick of it. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad you mentioned uh, that because I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't realize you had more to say. Go 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 go. Yeah, no, no. It's just like you guys aren't worried about ratings or this or that and or them up north but every chance you get you mention their name mm-hmm. it's annoying mm-hmm. get like it for me it's turning me off to AEW a little bit mm-hmm. like i don't want to sit here and watch an episode and like oh, am i, I going to get a uh, an obligatory WWE comment or like is Brody Lee going to come out doing his a Vince McMahon impression like it's it's boring. It's annoying. It's bush league. It's played out. It's amateur. I stop. Just stop already. You you made your point with you know killing the attitude era and and taking the sledgehammer and and breaking the 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 throne. Why why must you still do this? End rant. I 100% agree with you. I was actually talking to uh, Matty Bizzle earlier today, and we were having this conversation. And I was telling him that this week might have been my like most annoying episode of Dynamite. And for me, I say that because this week was the epitome of something that bothers me so much about AEW, where... They love to back talk, I mean backslap and and make comments and take shots at WWE, but then they bite off of what's been successful in WWE. And this week was the opinion of that. You had JR making fun of the plexiglass, Cody making the Connecticut comment, but then in that same segment, Cody's talking about how he's going to defend his title every week. Sound familiar? John Cena's U.S. Uh, championship Invitational. And then they finish... Open Challenge. Open, sorry, Open Challenge. Thank you. Sorry for what it was called. Um, and then the whole Mike Tyson thing, which we'll get to at the end of the, you know, in a bit. It's like, how are you going to try... How are you going to talk smack and insult... And make jokes and comments and, and all this stuff about the company, and then literally turn around and take from them. Be your own company, shut up, and do what you gotta do. Like at first, like you said, the, the throne breaker, I was down with. I was like, yeah, 
send that signal, you know, when, um, what was the other one that you just mentioned? That was just a throne breaker. The other one was Brody Lee making his. his oh, oh no, 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 no. I don't like the Brody Lee stuff. But the, like early on in the existence of AEW, like Jericho would say stuff in his promos referring to WWE. Um, you know, like early on last year in the first six months of AEW's existence, when they would do those things, I was on board. You know, this was an angry, rebellious promotion led by someone who was rejected by WWE and instead turned around and found gold by himself on himself. Like I I was behind them. I got it. I'm with you. Get ahead. Put it in their face. Now it's like, dude, they're over it. Why aren't you over it? This is like super little brother syndrome. Mm -hmm. And it's embarrassing. I don't get it. I I, I agree. With, I would, you took it right. I was like, it's it's little brother syndrome. Um, when when Jack Swagger, excuse me, not Jack Swagger, uh, Jake Hager came out, and they were saying we the people, and, and Chris Jericho said that was dumb, right, um, exactly dumb idea by bad creative, dumb mm-hmm. idea by bad creative. Fine, perfect, exactly, exactly, exactly. You know? exactly. But I I didn't even catch the Jim Ross uh, plexiglass thing, which is you know. Shut up! Exactly. Yeah, because the they were up. they were talking about the interaction between the Bucks and the fan, the you know, and the the audience, the fans, whatever. And he mentioned something was like, "Oh, because you know we don't have them behind the plexiglass here." But like he made some sort of dumb comment about the plexiglass. I didn't catch like, that. I, I I'm didn't just like, catch Jr. That. Shut up! Shut up! I mean, the plexiglass on Raw and SmackDown is dumb, in my opinion. But it's none of their business. And it's none of their Who cares? Exactly. You guys aren't doing... You did it first. You know, you had your your wrestlers, not your, your performance, you know, center guys there. You know, uh, I think it was like Jessamyn Duke was in the crowd on SmackDown. And I was yeah. Just, and she's just cheering on Daniel Bryan. And I'm just like, you're a heel. What yeah. Yeah. That's... I don't know if we're going to get to that, but that's my issue with the way WWE's handling their plexiglass stuff and their audience because it's dumb. We'll get to it. But um, but that's what bothers me. It's like, okay, look, arguably you're doing it better, you're doing it right, but shut up. Shut up. Take the W, be graceful about it, and keep it moving. Hey, this is This is the equivalent of the NBA when you posterize somebody and you're hanging on the rim. You're getting a technical. Yeah. Like, don't hang on the rim. You you got what you wanted. You guys have been around for over a year. Mm-hmm. You've had successful after successful after successful pay-per-views. You've killed them in in the ratings almost 100%. Shut up. Just you, shut up. You have the admiration and the respect of the wrestling community at whole. Most of the internet wrestling community is on your side. They acknowledge who you guys are and what you're doing and how your in-ring product is better than WWE. You got it. We're we're all here. Like, what do you... You're preaching to the converted at this point, and we've already heard it, and we got the message. Shut up. We got it. Say something new or don't say something. 
I'm over it. I'm over it. Don't say nothing new. Just, just, just continue to do what you're doing. Yeah. Like, just be your own product. Yeah, that's what like, I mean. That's not- what I mean by say something new. Like, say something new within your own thing. Like, saying stuff about WWE is old. We're done. That's old news. It's one thing if they were taking shots at all the companies, but it's yeah. just WWE. A hundred percent agree. So, uh, whatever. And um, be, and I'd also understand if WWE was taking shots back. If this was a back and forth serve and volley, then I could understand. Okay, fine, whatever. But it's not serve and volley. It's just serve, 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 serve. And there's no one else on the other side of the court. No one's there. Yeah. You're playing with yourself. You're playing with yourself and you're celebrating every point. Yeah. And I'm an AEW fan, you know? Like you always you always oh, yeah. say that I have blinders. You always say that like I'm biased, which I disagree. But whatever. Like I'm an AEW fan. And I'm telling you that this week was so annoying that I was rolling my eyes by the end of the show because of how it went off the air in association to this whole point that we're making made me go, oh, God, go go away, AEW. I'll see you next week. I don't want to talk to you for, for the rest of the week. Let's let's get to the end of the show, right? Shall we? Sure. We have the inner circle in the ring. Jake Hagar, Sammy Guevara... Santana and Ortiz and the champion Chris Jericho. And they're they're celebrating for what? I, I don't I don't I didn't get what they were celebrating. They they had like a box in the ring and they were looking for the bubbly. Ow. I just scratched my foot really, really hard. My apologies for you guys. Attaboy. Um yeah, I was so, also confused so by the, I mean, my I think it was playing on delusions of grandeur. Like cuz they lost the stadium stampede. I mean, I saw it on um prowrestlingtees.com. They have stadium stampede winners and it's yeah. them taking pictures. Like yeah. I guess it's just a play on like the World Series, you know right. how Yeah, they busted out the t-shirts on the show. They they rolled out these t-shirts, they're they're white t-shirts that, you know, has all their pictures on it and it says Stadium Stampede, winners, blah, blah, blah. And I'm guessing this is all, you know, to play on delusions of grandeur. And on top of that, um, I don't think this was meant to be that. This might be my, like, inner sports nerd stuff. But they make they design the championship shirts and hats for both teams before the series starts or before the Super Bowl starts or whatever. And then they just get scrapped. So, yeah. So if it, let's, let's say you know the the Giants and the Patriots, are were in the Super Bowl. The Giants beat them, but they produced uh, Super Bowl whatever champions, the uh, New England Patriots. Right. Since they didn't win, they usually send it to uh, countries in need or third world countries. So if you go to like the Philippines or like Indonesia or something like that, you'll see people walking around with uh, Super Bowl winning like championship shirts with that the they game. never actually won. Right. So maybe so, they were doing that. Like we printed these before because we assumed we were going to win. So I don't know. I, maybe that's just too deep. That, that's what I. That's what I took it as. Also, actually. Okay. That, that's exactly what I took it as. So I was just like, all right, that's you know, that's funny. You know, it's a play on sports. You know, they're trying yeah. to take themselves seriously. They did that. Whatever. Cool. So they're like, where's the where's the bubbly? And I don't know who the first guy was 
that was actually drinking. But Mike Tyson comes out, uh, followed by former flyweight and former UFC flyweight and UFC bantamweight champion Henry Cejudo, um, former light heavyweight champion Rashad Evans, former light heavyweight champion Vitor Belfort, and some other guy. And I'm just like, okay, so there's Tyson and then three mixed martial artists. See, this is why your knowledge of MMA comes in handy. Because I was like, oh, look, it's Tyson. Oh, how about um, <laughs> how about uh, Jim Ross? He, he's he's clueless to the whole thing. He's just like, oh, it's Tyson. And uh, who else is there? Excalibur? And I'm just like. <laughs> I, I, like was, I was right there with JR. I was like, oh, look, it's Tyson and his entourage, I guess. I don't know. His entourage is mad jacked. These dudes looked in shape. Wow. He surrounded himself yeah. with some fit people, I guess. <laughs> I was oblivious. Uh, Henry Cejudo fought like three weeks ago. Uh, I'm like, hmm, why does he have a bunch of UFC guys out here? And then Excalibur's like, oh, that's Henry Cejudo and Vitor Belfort. And I'm just like, that's not his name. And he he didn't know anyone else. And I'm just like, why are these guys out? And Chris Jericho's, you're out here with your thugs and blah, 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 and all this other stuff. And I'm like, all right, this is cool. And then Tyson grabs the mic. And he just, it's basically like the ramblings of an old drunk man. <laughs> He's like, I, 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 I didn't understand what he was saying because his lisp is, is so bad. <laughs> And Chris Jericho, bless his heart, is doing the best he can. He's like, don't grab the mic, you stupid idiot. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> and Mike Tyson takes off his shirt. Like, he oh, his my, shirt. Bro, I'm he's struggling. struggling so hard. Oh, my God. He is struggle city to take that shirt off. Poor and Chris Jericho, goes, Chris Jericho goes, great, you're in, you're in terrific shape. And I'm just like, this is why he's the best. He's a clown. He's a clown. And they all just start like brawling. And I'm just like, ooh, this is not a good episode of Dynamite. And the guys from the locker room pour out. And you have like Colt Cabana is push is holding back Jericho. I'm like, he's like, get off me, Colt. Get off me, Cabana. But I'm like, I do I why are why are faces holding back Jericho? It's more like um AEW guys is like, oh these, these you know Tyson can kill him and and you know let's let's hold back, you know I one of our, our golden our golden geese over here, right? See, but then that's that's but that's problematic to me because then you're blurring the lines. Which one is it? Are we is this a work or is this a shoot? Because if it's a work then I'm pretty sure I think also um what's his name Scorpio Sky was holding back Jericho. They had a baby feud. Scorpio Sky's the face. Jericho's a heel. If we're working, then Scorpio Sky should be all about letting Jericho go and fight Tyson because he knows Tyson will murder his face. But the thing is, it, it's more of they're they're trying to they're trying to work this like a shoot but it's really a work 
Well, you know, you understand what I'm saying? It's it's like Hogan said, if you're not careful, you're going to work yourself into a shoe, brother. <laughs> and then you just then you started dropping racial slurs. Oh, <laughs> uh, awful human being. Anyway. Um so so, I, so yeah, yeah. I, I, I was like, this is not good. Uh-huh. At least, uh, at least during the Attitude Era, when they had this, the the Austin, you know, Michaels feud and 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 Tyson was the um, uh, enforcer. Tyson didn't say a word. Yep. <laughs> so I was talking nope. again. I was talking to Bizzle about this, and him and I are on two separate sides of the coin. And I guess that's where a difference in age comes in. You and I grew up during the Attitude Era. So I remember this. And so to me, along with the the open challenge, I'm like, why are you just doing what WWE did 20 years ago when you just said that you wanted to kill that part of, like, the Attitude Era is dead. Hey, remember that thing that happened in the Attitude Era? Let's do it now. Like I feel like I'm watching South Park. Like, Simpsons did it. Simpsons exa- did it. Exactly. Did it. I'm like, what is ha- like this episode of AEW was like, hmm, how much WWE can we mention, insult, and rip off all in two hours? Aha! I got it. And like, so we're, we're doing this thing, and I'm like, no, this is dumb. And Bizzle was like, oh, I liked it. I thought it was good. I missed the Attitude Era. So, like, you know, people my age, which is their demographic, this is going to appeal to them. And now I understand his point because the demographic they're looking for is 18 to 35. So you and I are on the back end of that while he's in the thick of it. But then my argument to him was your demographic, your age group, don't remember Mike Tyson in the ring, so it doesn't have the same effect. When Tyson yeah. was in the middle of this in the Attitude Era, he was still arguably in the prime of his career. You uh, know, he was kind of in the twilight of his career. I said arguably, did I not? Yeah. If you let where we are now versus where we are then, which one is closer to his prime? Oh, then obviously it was twenty years ago, right? So. Tyson 20 years ago in the middle of a Austin Michaels thing is cool and dangerous. Tyson at his age with his white beard doing this with Jericho and his white beard in 20 years later is like a geriatric version of something that's already happened. And it's not yeah, it's not except- cool, it's not dangerous. Well, first of all, I don't know if you you haven't seen it, but Tyson's sparring. The man oh, still's got oh. speed. His hands are, are faster than my thought process. It's wild. It's 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 nuts. But I, it's not a match that I want to see. It's nothing that I want. And um, now there's talks that they want to do like a faux boxing match. And I we'll get have it. Butterbean versus Bart Gunn all over again. Well, we all know Jericho's going to make a joke out of it, so it's going to be hilarious if they do it. He comes in with like turn of the century 
boxing gear. Exactly. Like, gloves. Exactly. He's going to have, like, ultimate headgear. He's going to be, like, the gloves are going to be ridiculous. He's going to have his trunks all the way up to, like, his chest. <laughs> I'm going to bop you one. <laughs> exactly. Like, you know it's going to be hilarious, but I don't, I don't want this. I don't need this. Like, if you want to do something similar, then do a modern take on it. Use, like, Cody and, I don't know, who's the most dangerous MMA fighter or most dangerous boxer in the world right now? Um, you know MMA and boxing far better than I do. Uh, we're talking about, like, it's it's rough because we're talking about divisions. The best MMA fighter right now, in my opinion, is still John Jones. Okay, so boxing would be Tyson Fury. Well, Fury's—we're not doing Fury. So they did WWE did that. That's what I'm saying. So do Cody Rhodes and John Jones a modern take on Tyson and Stone Cold slash Shawn Michaels? Don't do Tyson and Jericho. I don't know. I thought I thought it was dumb. I thought, can we stop being a WWE show? Focused on WWE past, present, and future, and insulting. I just not my favorite episode of A of Dynamite for sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely right there with you. I I agree. It was it was a rough watch all around for me. Word to the bird. Um, but moving forward to SmackDown real quick. Um, SmackDown opened up in for the beginning of the night. For me, it was in poor taste. Um, Dramatic fashion. Renee, Renee Young is in the Performance Center parking lot. And she is... It, it feels like she's like she's a news reporter. There's been an accident in the Performance Center locker. Uh, in the Performance Center parking lot, Elias was struck by a vehicle. The driver fled the scene. And... He was wearing a black shirt and black pants. I was like, okay, what the heck is going on here? And she's like, and Kayla has more. And she's like, hi, this is Kayla from the parking lot. And I'm like, oh, this is not China 7 News. Just get on with it. <laughs> Kayla from the parking lot, 50 feet away. <laughs> yeah, like she literally just like, hi, Bob. Like, you just walk into this. Hi, Bob. <laughs> So the cops like literally come over. Uh, they're they're putting uh, Elias on a on a on a board. On the, the cops are like the cops are like mm, that's like he he did like his quick like little Sherlock Holmes hmm what's this looks into the side of the car he's like this car is registered to Jeff Hardy it's a rental vehicle smells like alcohol. And then they're like, oh, we have something over here. And then they stumble. Everyone goes over and the cops stop Renee going, from going, but not the cameraman. He's like, <laughs> this, is a, this is a crime scene. I was like, get bent. You got Jamie Noble over there and, and Jason, Jason Jordan, Jordan. Who we haven't seen for years. <laughs> and you have the camera guy following. What is this? Cops? Like they can they can come over? It's like this is a crime scene, and they're like, uh, "Who's that?" And Jamie was like, "That's Jeff Hardy." I, I was like, "Oh boy, here we go." And they're like, uh, "Jeff, Jeff, have you been drinking?" It's like, "What? No, I haven't been drinking. Where am I?" And I'm just like, "Oh boy!" Like, 
you know, like this guy fell off the wagon again. Like, come <laughs> on, bro. I was like, even if he didn't, right? Like, and they're using it for story. It's so distasteful. The man just finished coming back from rehab and DUIs and, and, and getting arrested last year. Do it with the Usos also. Like, oh, they were all in the car and they all dropped out. And they said, <laughs> like, oh, welcome to the, uh, you know, Folsom State Penitentiary. He's like, no, I'm out of here. Boom. Then, then Jeff is not resisting arrest, but he's kind of like fidgeting. And they're like, come on, you smell like alcohol, blah, blah, blah. He's like, I, I haven't been drinking. I haven't been drinking. And I'm just like, man, this is dumb. <laughs> so they put Jeff, uh, th- then they like bring Jeff past the ambulance. And he's like, Elias! <laughs> Elias! Like, he's shocked to see him. He's like, Elias? Elias! Elias! I'm like, relax. He's dragging it, bro. I'm about to get my Vince Russo on. This is not (laughs) happening, bro. (laughs) So they put put Jeff in the um, cop car. And instead of the cops like sticking around and like a- asking more questions, they just dip off. They got their man. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> One guy on the floor, crash vehicle, guy reeks of booze. We got our man. Let's get him out of here. Let's leave then, the car. Let's not, you know, it's, all right, we're good. We're good here. Yeah, right. I'm just like, I've I've known people like that have gotten hit by a car and the cops came it's not a one, two, three process. You know, my nephew's mother got hit by a car. It's like a four when, hour ordeal. Yeah. They, we put her in the ambulance and then we went to the hospital with her, but they were, the cops were there with him for like a half hour to an hour yeah. getting information. Right. Then, then SmackDown just goes on his business as usual. This is like Tom foolery is going on. I'm just, what the hell? Like they, they advertise, um, so they opened SmackDown with a 10-man battle royal, which was essentially former or current tag team partners in a battle royal to determine who is going to face Daniel Bryan tonight in the Intercontinental Tournament, Intercontinental Championship Tournament. So this is um, where the the whole accident, incident, whatever you want to call it, that opened the show has a trickle down that pisses me off, that angers me. Because to me, it effectively just ruined the whole tournament. Because A, why? Why do we have to convolute everything? You have a simple tournament with eight men. Just let it ride. No. WWE has to do stupidity. Then on top of that, the way they approach this makes no sense. So you have two two guys who are on opposite sides of the brackets in the semis. You had... Elias, who was supposed to face AJ, you had Jeff Hardy, who was supposed to face Daniel Bryan. They have a battle royal to fill Jeff Hardy's spot, but AJ gets a straight pass and a bye. And like, what? What? Yeah. Why does one get a bye and the other has to be, you know, one in the in the battle royal? Doesn't make any sense. None. And then from a, like, booking perspective, 
what was the point of booking these two matches, Daniel Bryan versus Jeff Hardy and AJ versus Elias, if you had no plans of, of having these matches? And why wouldn't you have these matches? Are you trying to protect Elias from AJ? That's stupid. AJ's a former champion who held the championship for a year. He should walk all over Elias. Jeff Hardy versus DB. Who are you trying to protect? Jeff Hardy? Like, who cares? Like, what? I don't... Everything about how that car accident affected the tournament was infuriating to me. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't even realize that until you just said it. It's like, why does DB get a replacement opponent, but AJ and Elias, like, AJ doesn't? He just skates. Like, yeah, I mean, I'm not complaining. AJ's in the finals, but I, I don't, I don't know. I was just, I was like, oh, this is, this is dumb. Yeah, it's dumb. It's dumb. Like, and it's so funny because it's been known that for the last few years, the one thing that WWE has been doing really well has been tournaments, and then they ruined this. And it wasn't this wasn't a good tournament of those tournaments that are the aforementioned. But why? Why why what was the point? What what is the point? My yeah. only thought is that they're gonna use this to tie into um that whole like the truth wrestler character who's been like the hacker. The hacker, thank you. That's the only thing I can think of that they're using this to segue into his reveal. But still, but it, later on in the night, it's, it's kind of kind of hinted at as to what happened, right? Right. But we'll get to there. I just want to talk about two things real quickly. Okay. One, one. Um. Bailey, Sasha Banks, the. Their whole dynamic right now, the I'm going to put Sasha in matches because she's a fighter. I, I'm I'm done. I cringe every time I see them come out. It's I'm bored with it. Just have them separate. Have Sasha take the belt off of her. Be done with it. They're trying to prolong this as long as possible so they can do this in front of a crowd. That's all it is. Yeah, I, I don't I don't I don't care. I don't care. Um, I uh, side note on that. I'm tired of the new day. <laughs> I've been tired of the new day for four years. Yeah, but I'm like, I'm done, done with the new day. They they're not entertaining to me. I know people love them and oh they're funny and no, I'm done. I'm they done really lose them. a lot without Xavier, by the way. Mm, I don't even care about that, to be honest. I just. Xavier I feel like they lose a done. lot. No, no, I'm, 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 I'm saying like I'm still not, I'm still over the new day as well. But I'm saying they lose a lot without Xavier. Yeah. So, uh, just wanted to throw that in there. Um, to close out SmackDown for me, you have Daniel Bryan versus Sheamus, who won the, the Battle Royal. And a hobbled Jeff Hardy comes out to distract Sheamus. And Daniel Bryan hits the knee plus. One, two, three. Daniel Bryan's in the finals with AJ. Why do all this just to have Jeff Hardy come back to distract Sheamus? And for me, 
Jeff Hardy coming back to attack Sheamus implies that Sheamus mm-hmm. set him up is the one that set him up. Because mm-hmm. he attacked Sheamus post match, right? And I'm just like, okay, yeah. So Jeff Hardy's this- back in the arena, which means he had to have been released. Which, by the way, is the fastest I've ever seen anyone get arrested, processed, and released. Um, White privilege at its finest. (laughs) So he was released, which means that he didn't do it. And he attacked Seamus, which means that he has some sort of evidence that Seamus set him up. So there you go, I guess. Yeah. um, Okay. (laughs) Okay. Fine. Whatever. Um. Okay. Again, <laughs> fine, whatever. Last last yes. little bit. Um, announced rumors had spread all week, and it was finally announced on SmackDown that Matt Riddle is moving to SmackDown. Uh, Riddle having his last match on NXT this week, an actual very good match with Tim- with Timothy Thatcher in a fight pit match with Kurt Angle as special guest referee. So it's essentially a line stand match that Ken Shamrock and uh, Steve Blackman had. Yeah, very good though. And apparently, Timmy Thatcher legit lost a tooth in the middle of the match. That's how uh, oh, nice. if these guys were working. Um, so like, now he's being managed by Kurt Angle. Is that so what, is that what like it is? he's going to be managed? It seems like it. Why would Kurt Angle have to say anything? I thought it was just to announce him, like, hey. Here's Why have Kurt Angle announce him? It's, 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 you don't need it. Just have him come up. Bro. And get then the, people, get the co-sign. Like, they sign my butt. I'd rather not. That's Amanda's job. Uh, that's champion's job. La championa. Who has to defend her belt next week. Yup, yup. She better be ready. She's gonna have the shortest reign. She's gonna have a Sasha Banks reign. Stop. <laughs> oh man. Anyway, Shades. In the world of professional wrestling, there are good seeds. And in the case of professional wrestling this week, <laughs> plenty, plenty of bad seeds. But at the end of the day, they all contribute to the tree, to the garden. To the forest that is professional wrestling. All right, let's uh, <laughs> let's find the needle in the haystack of um the good seed for this week. I I got my good seed. Okay, I have one too. I hope I can take it. You know, you go first. I usually take yours, so that's fair. Um, my good seed is actually going to go to the Matt Riddle, Timothy Thatcher fight pit match. I'm not a Matt Riddle fan. Anyone who knows me knows this, but this match was really very good, and I'd be remiss to not give it the the fair due props that it deserves, especially in a week that had very little props to give. Okay. We definitely didn't choose the same one. Okay. Um, my, my good seed of the week is... Impact Wrestling signing Deanna Parazzo. Mm, mm, yeah, good seed. That's a good good, good seed. Them. Bolstering that roster. Word to the word. Word to the word. 
pretty sure you and I are on the same page with this bad seed, by the way. Oh, man. I mean, take it away, Chadez. It's It's got to be Cody and AEW. No? It's, it's got to be AEW. It's got to be Dynamite. It's got to be, be, be Dynamite this week. This week's Dynamite was... Minus FTR's debut, in my opinion, because that was fine, I guess. But everything else, that's a big old bad seed. L's, 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 FTR, win, L's. Figgity fact, figgity fact. They opened the show like, hey, here's a W. And the rest of the show was like, here's some L's. I'm eat this one. Hold this L. How about an L? Do you want an L? We all get an L. Hope you're hungry because we're having L's for dinner. Fact. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm disappointed to say that the entire episode of Dynamite minus... The arrival of FTR gets a big old fat bad seed for me. Big facts. Ugh. Anyway, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Sir Shades, it's going to wrap up our show for the week. Unfortunately, but you guys had us for an hour and a half. Not I bad. Think- yeah, 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 and a good way to good way to spend your Saturday mornings. I think so. And for the last hour and a half, you've been listening to us on SoundCloud.com. Such grapples of apples, as grapples the number two apples. If you don't like SoundCloud, you got Google Play Music, you got Apple Podcasts, you got iHeartRadio. Doesn't matter where you're listening, as long as you're listening. Don't forget to check out our social media pages. You got Facebook.com and Twitter.com. Such grapples of apples again. That's grapples the number two apples. Like, comment, share, subscribe, do whatever you got to do to put us in as many eyes and ears as humanly possible, because we surely appreciate it. As always, I've been one of your hosts, Ill Will the Thrill, the Poetarian, Shakespearean Candidate, Major English, whatever you need me to be, that's who I be, because baby, that's who I is, joined remotely by Man of the Hour, Man with the Power. Too sweet to be sour. Cream of the crop, rise to the top. The general shades. As always, don't forget to check us out last week, this week, next week, and every other week. Because an apple a day keeps a bad wrestling away. Peace. Peace and love.